Act Four of The Boss by Edward Sheldon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Fourth Reagan's Rooms in the Police Station, Three Days Later. It is a plain room with a bed, a bureau at right. At back, a large barred window through which the city can be seen. Near window, a big deal table covered with papers, an electric lamp, a big box of cigars, a whiskey bottle, and glasses. Near the door is a waiter's stand, holding a tray covered with a napkin. Reagan is sitting on the window ledge, smoking and dictating to Davis. He wears a sack suit and looks very tired. He is evidently keeping up with difficulty. His fighting spirit is broken. Reagan dictating. I hope my change of plans will not put you or your officers to any inconvenience. Got that? Any inconvenience? Yes, sir. Shifting the grain traffic from this town to Montreal would have been just the sort of job I most enjoyed putting through, and I intended to go into it for all I was worth. But circumstances over which I have no control make it impossible for me to do so. Wishing your business all success and so forth. Just finish her up, Davis. You know how. Davis, writing. So that's the end of Montreal. Davis. Davis, finishing and looking up. Yes, sir. There's something I want to talk to you about. I won't be needing a secretary much longer. Please, sir. Don't let's go into that now. Why not? We got to, sooner or later. I was sort of going to suggest that you take an interest in the business. The business? Yeah, my business. You've been with me eight years, and you know it backwards, and I could hand it right over to you tomorrow. Perhaps you could run it better than I did, I don't know. But gee, I bet no one on God's green earth could make it pay so well. Mr. Reagan. Yeah? Don't feel so discouraged. It's going to be all right. You're going to get out of here within a week, and— A week? <laughs> I wonder— Mr. Reagan, you mustn't give up like this. It's not like you, sir, if you don't mind me saying so. That's right. I don't know myself these days. Brace up, sir. Pull yourself together. Look on the bright side of it. Ah, oh, what's the good? Sitting on bed. Hodges was here this morning. Hodges? What did he say? He says if Griswold dies, I'll be indicted for murder in the first degree. Mr. Hodges missed his job. Lawyer? He ought to have been a wet nurse. Why, Mr. Reagan? There's more nerve in one of your back teeth than in two hundred Hodges. He says the district attorney's working night and day for a conviction. They're going over me record with a fine-tooth comb. They're getting evidence from everywhere. Evidence? Let them get it. They can't prove you slung that brick, and they can't prove you had it slung. He says there's only one way to clear myself. We got to find the guy who done it and make him swear he wasn't carrying out my orders. You never gave any orders. I know, but I got to prove I didn't. Well, does Hodges think that man is going to walk in here and say, Please, mister, I slung that brick, and now if it isn't too much trouble, would you kindly electrocute me? Is that what he's waiting for? Ah, oh, gee, I don't know what to do. Whoever he is, I bet by now he's halfway to Nevada. No, Mr. Reagan, if you get out of here, it'll be without his help. If I get out. And you're going to. Do you hear that, Mr. Reagan? You're going to. All right, me son, all right. Looking at watch. Half past four. What time are you going to call for Mrs. Reagan to bring her down? Quarter to five, sir. You'd better be hustling, then. Davis, getting overcoat. Don't worry, sir. I'll be there. 
Say, Davis. Yes, sir. Reagan, not looking at him. Do you happen to remember what she said last night when you gave her me message? Why, she seemed surprised. Yeah, and then? She asked why you had to see her. I said just what you told me to say, that it was important business connected with Fourth Ward mortgages. She seemed doubtful for a moment and then said she'd come. That's all. And you asked after her brother? He didn't forget that? No. She said his condition hadn't changed, that it wouldn't till after the operation. And Jameson was going to operate tomorrow. A knock at door. Come in. The door opens and an officer enters. Well? Porky McCoy's downstairs. He wants to see you. McCoy? Send him along. All right, sir. He goes out. Reagan, turning joyfully to Davis. It's Porky, do you hear? He's stuck by me. I knew he wouldn't welch like all the rest. I'll start along then. Looking at a package of papers. Oh, Mr. Reagan, what do you want done with these? What are they? All the Montreal contracts and estimates. Just leave them on the table. I'll look after them. Very well, sir. I... There is a knock at the door. Reagan, opening it. Come on in, Porky. As he enters, Reagan pulls him in by the hand. Gee, man, but I'm glad to see ye. Hello, Mike. How's the wife and... Looking at him. Say, what's the matter? Nothing. They stare at one another. Davis at the door. Good night, sir. He waits a moment for Reagan to answer, then goes out quietly. Have a cigar? Nah. A drink? Nah, thanks. Say, Porky, he ain't sore at me, are ye? Sore at you? Oh, Mike. Reagan, standing, looking at him. Porky, you got something on your mind. Now go ahead and lay it out to me, son. McCoy, blurting it out. Mike, I never knew they'd think ye did for Griswold. Gee, you could have knocked me over with a feather when I heard they pulled ye in. I know that, me son, I know that. I didn't mean to play ye dirty, Mike. Honest, I didn't. I didn't mean to go back on ye. I wouldn't do that for anything in the world. Of course you wouldn't, Porky. But I've been reading the papers and hearing folks talk and seeing what a good case they made out against ye, Mike. And when Larry Duggan come in and showed me what the damn district attorney had in the evening's post, I... I went into the kitchen where my wife was nursing the kid, and I begun bawling. Aw, oh, gee. In about three minutes, I'd told her the whole thing. You told her? Yeah, and when I'd finished, she said you'd been a good friend to me, Mike, and it was up to me. And... and she brought my overcoat. And here I am, Mike, and I guess that's all. Reagan, tenderly patting him on shoulder. You poor feller. Aw, oh, don't. Smash me. Kick me. Beat me to pieces. I won't say nothing, but don't be good to me, Mike. I can't stand it. I can't. I can't. He breaks down and cries, his head on the table. Reagan, putting his hand on his shoulder. Say, Porky. Standing over him. Do you remember one night in my old bar on Lake Street? Gee, it's fifteen years ago now. And you took my side when Kelly's gang came in to murder me for holding back his nomination. All the rest had gone back on me. It was us two against eight. But we got behind the bar, and ye grabbed the bung-starter, and I broke four bottles of Canadian rye over Kelly's head before I laid him out. Gee, that was a swell scrap. And then, when it was all over, you remember my coming up to ye where ye was leaning over the big round table and a-wiping the blood off your chin, and saying, McCoy, I says, for I didn't know ye as well then, Porky, as I do now, McCoy, says I, ye've done me a good turn to-night and perhaps some time I'll have a chance to pay ye back. But anyway, I says, from this time on, so help me God, there won't nothing come between us two. They don't make nothing thin enough for that. McCoy, looking up. Mike. Well, 
that chance i talked about it's been fifteen years a-comin porky but i got it now and i guess i'll hang right on what you mean reagan clapping his shoulders go home and tell the missus and the kid it's all right mike reagan says it's all right but mike i done it ye did not porky the man that done it skipped and we can't find him see mike i ain't skipped i'm right here i'm willing to pay up reagan smiling ah oh, come off ye don't know nothing about it nothing nothing at all mike i'm on you're trying to let me off gee porky but you're wise today. but say do you know what'll happen to you now don't ye bother your nut about me i'll get out of here ye won't if griswold croaks this town'll finish ye for good understand it won't lie back until it's buried ye in quicklime gee perhaps ye think i care perhaps ye think i got a lot to live for well if ye do you're off way off miles off but your wife reagan turning away abruptly me wife i ain't got one but your kids the family that's coming to ye family <laughs> but your business that's there you got that all right quit it i'm sick of the business i hate it i wish to god i'd never seen it damn the business that's what i say damn it damn it i didn't mean nothing it's all right porky i'm sort of done up to-day but now you see how i ain't got nothing to live for and remember you got everything everything a man can have so go home now and tell the wife she'll be a-waitin and a-worryin and you ought to let her know but mike i whatever ye did porky ye did it as my man ye did it for me understand and as head of the firm i guess i stand responsible for me employee with a change of manner taking out his pocket-book say porky what day did you say the christenin was christenin yeah smiling michael reagan ignatius mccoy it's sunday week but reagan taking out a bill and putting it in mccoy's hand well you take this and get the boy a present one of them silver mugs is the regular thing and if there's anything left over just set up drinks for the crowd will ye no mike i reagan pressing the bill into his hand oh rats go on and take it and tell the good woman i'm i'm awful sorry i can't be at the church meself that day to hold the kid you know i was kind of looking forward to that somehow but he hesitates embarrassed mike i won't let you do this i did for griswold it was my fault now it's up to me to ah shut your face i won't i'm going straight downstairs and tell him how it happened you dry up or i'll bust your jaw ye'll tell them downstairs ye'll tell them nothing do you hear ye'll walk out of this place without opening your mug wide enough to spit and ye'll do it cause i tell ye to by god there ain't no bigger reason knock at door come in the door opens and the officer appears what do you want there's a lady to see you sir there is a slight pause tain't another one of them female reporters no sir it's your wife she's down in the inspector's office all right i'm ready ask her to come up all right sir the officer goes out so long so long parky would you mind shaking hands why should i mind me son he does so gee you're the best i i ever met ah go on porky goes out quickly reagan left alone looks about then quickly and awkwardly begins tidying up the room fixing the napkin to cover the tray he makes the desk a little more orderly throwing cigar ends and ashes in the wastebasket he picks up the cuspidor and drops it behind the washstand he pours water in the basin, washes his hands, wipes them on the towel, 
throws the towel behind the washstand, sets the pitcher back in the bowl in the water. While brushing his coat, he seizes pajamas and throws them under the pillow, thumps the pillow, and is covering the red blanket with the counterpane when Emily softly opens the door and pauses, watching him. He does not see her. Emily, at last. Michael? Reagan, starting suddenly and turning. Is that you? I didn't hear ye. Emily, entering. They said to go right in. Sure, of course. Won't she sit down? He offers her a chair. Thank you. She sits. There is another awkward pause. I hope you're feeling well. Oh, I'm well enough, but rather tired, that's all. I know. You you're look looking. They both stop. I beg your pardon, after you. Emily, glancing about uneasily. You look fairly comfortable here. Somehow I didn't expect to find things as... as comfortable. Reagan, embarrassed, looking about, too. Yeah, they've been real good to me, the boys have. Davis comes here every day, and I got a telephone in the hall, and they send in me grub from that hotel across the street. No, it ain't so bad, when... when you get used to it. Mr. Davis said you wanted to see me about those Fourth Ward mortgages. Yeah, I want to make an assignment. I want to deed them over to you, if you don't mind. Deed them over to me? How do you mean? Put them in your name. Let ye work them the way you want. Give them to ye. Understand? But I thought you were going to foreclose. I changed me mind. Why? Reagan, not looking at her, speaking with difficulty. I don't know. At window. When you're up against it, the way I am now, you sort of feel like squaring everything up. And I thought, seeing you was so interested in them folks down there, you'd like to have an eye on em yourself and keep em out of trouble. They're just like kids, you know. They need looking after. Oh, Michael. Reagan, glancing up at her. Will you do it, then? Yes, I'll do it, if you want me to. Reagan, very businesslike. All right. I had Hodges frame up an acceptance of the assignment. Taking it from envelope. Will you look at it? It's very short, you see, but it covers the ground. She looks at him, but when he holds out the paper, she takes it and bends her head. Is there anything you don't understand? I know them legal words is apt to mix a lady up. Emily, turning away to wipe her eyes without letting him see her. No, it's quite clear. Quite. Then would you mind signing it now? I'll give it to Hodges in the morning. Where do I sign? There, under my name. Gives her a pen. Look out, it's sort of inky. It's all right. She takes the pen and signs the paper. There, you're the boss now. You're the boss of the fourth ward. Perhaps you'll be a better one than me. Thank you, Michael. A pause. He waves the paper to dry it. I, I suppose you'll be going to Montreal very soon? No. Why not? Reagan, thumb towards window. Look at them bars. Ain't they a good reason? But, Michael. I might as well tell you right now. I don't stand much show a getting out of here. You mean, on account of Don? Reagan, looking away. Yeah. Then you don't know. Know what? That it's all right. That he's going to get well. No. Nah. That's what Dr. Jameson says. He operated at two o'clock. Today. And Don knew me before I left the hospital. Oh, gee, I'm glad. I'm awful glad. Emily, looking away. Yes, it means a lot to you, too, doesn't it? Reagan, suddenly shy. Well, I... I wasn't thinking to myself just then. Emily, still looking away. So you can probably go north after all. Yeah, I suppose I can. He has the package of papers Davis left. 
i suppose i can but somehow i guess i won't he tears up the papers carefully methodically and drops them in the basket michael what what are those papers reagan looking at the pieces my contracts with montreal or what's left of em you're giving that up too it looks that way but why you don't have to can't i do a decent thing sometimes just for the fun of it you don't mean you're doing it for yourself well i ain't doing it for anyone else am i emily with growing emotion michael i sided against you yesterday reagan under his breath i know that well you've done so many dreadful things and i knew how you felt about don when you told me it all seemed to go together i i couldn't think don't begin on that again please but now michael look at me he does so a pause emily putting her hands on his shoulders it's all right i'm sure now i know you didn't do it you don't mean you believe me yes and oh michael you've got to forgive me for not believing you before she takes his hand quit it don't emily taking both hands but i'll make up for it you see and now we're going to turn our backs on everything that's happened we're going to look up we're going to look ahead we're going to start all over you and i together ah quit it don't talk that way go home go home to here leave me be i tell you leave me be i won't i can't i married you michael and when a woman marries a man i believe she promises all sorts of things i've never lived up to but now you need me and i can help you why well, i think it's a good time to begin you don't mean you're willing to do all that for me willing why i want to don't you see i want to reagan collecting himself thank ye thank ye kindly i know you're just saying that to make things easy for me but i'm i'm awful obliged to ye i'm not michael you don't understand you gee i've been sort of feeling our finish coming on for the last six months and now all of a sudden it's right here and somehow i can look it in the face and keep on smiling just the same what do you mean you was right when you said that you and me have got to start all over again only this time we got to start alone but michael now wait a second emily i guess we needn't bother much now we're at the end if any one could have pulled this off why we'd have been the ones but we didn't have no show we was in all wrong dead wrong from the very beginning was it so wrong yeah i was wrong in thinking i could ever make ye happy and you was wrong well in thinking ye could ever let me try i guess twas my fault mostly you was doing it for a bunch of scoopers and i was just out for meself like i always been i might a known there couldn't be nothing between us two a guy born in a back room over a bar and a lady like yourself don't please don't do you know one thing i learned from being with ye this way and gee i don't see just what good it's ever going to do me slowly and with difficulty folks have to love each other awful hard before they can get married if you and me had done that why we could have stood up and looked the world in the eye and told it to go to hell but as it is his voice breaks michael it's all right the bill's paid the account's closed and if there's any forgiven to be done i'll do my share i hope god gives ye everything ye never could get from me and that ye live happy and grow old slow and good luck to ye now me darlin good luck to ye and good-bye he turns away 
The door opens and the inspector comes in. Mr. Regan. Well? That man, McCoy. Huh? It's all right, sir. He let out the whole thing. Regan smothers an exclamation. He went downstairs to Judge Swain and made an affidavit. The judge has ordered your release and you can leave us, Mr. Regan, any time you like. Parky. Emily in a low voice to the inspector. He did it then. That's what he sworn to, Mum. Would you call my chauffeur? I'm I'm going to take my husband home. Sure, Mum. Sure. He goes out. Emily turning to Reagan. Michael, there's something I've never told you. Is there? I've never told you, because I never knew it until now. Didn't ye? Can't you guess what it is? I'm no good at guessing when it comes to you. All right, then I'll tell you. I think I think I think it's going to be all right. What's well, going to be all right? She runs over to the clothes rack. Is this your overcoat? Taking it from the rack. Here now, put it on. She holds it for him. And your hat. He starts to take it. Wait, I'll show you how you'll have to wear it now. She puts it on his head. He pushes it on one side. No, straight. She straightens it. Quite straight. It's always bothered me before. Reagan, feeling it gingerly. Like that? Like that. Now take it off. Why? Emily, half laughing, half crying. Do you think I'm going to let you kiss me with it on? He throws his hat across the room and catches her in his arms as the curtain falls. End of Act Four End of The Boss by Edward Sheldon